Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Friends, we're approaching the two-year anniversary of the Rural Woman Podcast, and I want to celebrate by hosting a giveaway. You can win a Rural Woman prize pack with podcast gear and some other great goodies. To enter, all you have to do is take a screenshot of the episode that you're listening to right now and share it on your social media. Be sure to tag me at Wildrose Farmer and use the hashtag the Rural Woman Podcast. That's it. It's that easy. Contest is open from now until March 22nd, 2021. For more details, including what's included in the prize pack, head to today's show notes. Happy listening and good luck to you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. This week, you'll meet my friend, Siri Larice. Siri is a vocalist, musician, urban grower, and a registered yoga teacher. She spends her time cultivating her startup urban family farm, Creative Arts Farm, in Los Angeles, California. Their farm's mission is to sow the seeds of wellness through sustainability and self-care awareness. I am so excited for you guys to meet Siri here today. I have connected with Siri over on Instagram, and I just love their mission of sowing the seeds of wellness through sustainability and self-care awareness, because I know I personally don't take the self-care thing as seriously as I should. And I know there are a lot of other people out here in the agricultural world that don't take it very seriously either. So I'm excited for you guys to meet Siri and get all of the energy from her because she is just a ball of light and I love her to bits. Before we get to today's episode, I want to highlight a couple more of the giveaway items that you can win in the second anniversary giveaway that's happening right now here on the Rural Woman Podcast. So first up, you'll receive a signed copy of the Saving the Guinea Hogs book from Kathy R. Payne that you heard in episode 89. You can find her over on Instagram at guineahogbooks. Also, you'll receive a couple things from my friend Shyla at Capers Acres. Shyla is an amazing crocheter who comes up with the most creative designs, and I just think they are adorable. And she has graciously given a couple items to the giveaway. So first up, you'll receive this adorable crochet sloth succulent holder. You have to head to the show notes if you haven't seen one of these yet. They are so cute and all of the houseplant people will love them. Next up, if you're not a houseplant person or if you can't keep a houseplant alive, the next item is for you. Shyla makes these beautiful crochet string of pearls that look just like the real plant. You don't have to water them and they don't die. It's amazing. (laughs) If you want to see what these look like, you can head to today's show notes or you can head on over to Instagram and see Shyla and all of her other creations at Shyla's Crochet Creations. And I have linked both Kathy and Shyla in today's show notes. So make sure you guys head on over to Instagram, thank them for their generous contributions to the giveaway and be sure to take a screenshot of today's show and throw it up on the socials. Tag me at Wild Rose Farmer and use the hashtag the Rural Woman Podcast. 
Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's episode with Siri. Siri Larisse, how are you? I am black, proud, and grateful. How are you? I am so well. Thank you so much for chatting with me on this beautiful Sunday. Beautiful where you are. Kind of okay where I am, but it'll do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. For my listeners who are unfamiliar with you, Siri, give us a description of yourself. Who are you and how the heck did you get your start in agriculture? Ah, yes. So my name is Siri and I am a professional singer and musician. I am a registered yoga teacher and an urban farmer. I found my way to growing food truthfully through music. That that was kind of the foundation, music and self-care. I spent about five years touring and teaching professionally abroad and within the United States. And during the times I returned back to California to not be on the road, I found that my peers and I really lacked our basic necessities, as much people, many people in the industry do, in the entertainment industry. And so I really broke it down and looked at what are the fundamental things that everyone needs and how can I use my learned skills and my talents to procure that environment for not only myself and my family, but also my community. And that kind of really made me zero in on the things that I utilize for my personal self-care, which I lean heavily into music. I lean heavily into yoga. And gardening has always been a very therapeutic practice for me. And so essentially my farm, Creative Arts Farm, is like the very amped up version of my personal self-care that I believe is the foundation to a thriving community and having community self-care. That is so great. And we have so many things to break down out of all of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not often you hear a professional musician and singer is also a thriving farmer. Right. That's something that, you know, doesn't really go hand in hand quite too often. So take us back to your childhood. What was your first connection in gardening and growing food or was there one? So my grandmother, I call her the OG plant lady. (laughs) She, my grandmother, her name was Larise. That's also my middle name. And she had a house full of indoor plants. And that was, that's really my first memory of anyone in my family working with anything from the earth specifically for self-care, because I I know that was very much a part of her self-care. And my grandfather also was a gardener, but he and I never talked about growing or anything like that. So I, it's interesting because I grew up in a farming community. I'm originally from Iowa, here in the United States, in the Midwest. So it gets very cold there. All of the seasons are very prominent, very hot in the summer, very cold in the winter. And I was well into my 20s before I started growing food in Iowa. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting. Uh, growing food came well into my adulthood. Childhood really didn't influence my growing in ways that a lot of traditional growers have to do. Right. That is just so neat. And Siri, from what I know about you and from our connection, I just don't picture you in Iowa. You are far too big Girl. <laughs> for <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> It's so interesting. So I moved out to Los Angeles for college right after high school graduation, like the weekend after. And I got out here and I was 
just, it was shock. It was shock all around. Everything was bigger and faster and more than I expected to be by far, <laughs> just by far. And I'm always so surprised how California and Los Angeles specifically has become home and felt like home, even though I was so afraid to leave the nest at the time. And Iowa is just, it's like, I have mad love for my hometown. And I think the reason I have mad love is because I'm not there in that environment, because a lot of it is not conducive to the socioeconomical climate of, of Black women and Black women who are business owners. And and I'm also in an interracial marriage. So a lot of things that I'm about really don't fit in with that community in some ways. Right. Absolutely. Well, and you found your place. You found your place that's home and you have created such a beautiful growing space that I want you to tell us more about. So Tell us about your front yard urban farm. It is absolutely amazing to me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So we decided to expand our raised bed container garden to really begin a a small version of our full farm dream. And we really think that being a good example for your community for wellness is the way to kind of spread the good, the good love, the good magic. And so we thought, let's throw it in the front yard. Let's, let's put everything front and center. So when people come by, they can learn with us, they can grow with us, they can ask us questions and we can share what we know freely because honestly, I I think the, the biggest challenge to why so many people don't grow food or utilize their growth space to nourish their bodies, be it mental or physical wellness is because they just don't know how they don't know where to start. And so I am like arms in the air. Hey, over here, I'll help. (laughs) So (laughs) We put everything right up front in the front yard. Our focus is to grow things that are easy to propagate, meaning we can root cuttings from our tree collars and grow more tree collars. So sustainability is definitely the key because accessible growing is also a challenge. It can be expensive to buy seeds and it can be expensive to start seedlings and make sure you have the soil amendments and things you need. So it's important to us to share plants that give you maximum wellness for minimal effort. Like we really, we put in a lot of work in our growth space, but we ask very little of our plants because they do all of the work, honestly. Right. So we're very focused on tree collars because we can use them in multiple ways. They're grown as a perennial here and they can last five to 12 years, just one plant. And each plant offers branches that can branch out to 10 feet that you can cut them and root them and grow new plants. So tree collars are the main foundation of our growth space. Very much important to what we offer and how we offer things. Amaranth is another crop that we're very focused on because it's used in a number of ways. It's a gluten-free grain. The flowers, the blooms can be used as natural dyes, as herbal decorations, bouquets. The leaves themselves are delicious, cooked like a spinach. And so it's, it's the importance for us is mostly how many ways can we utilize this beautiful plant that's giving us so much. And so that's our main focus is versatility and being able to share what we know easily with our community. That is so great. And I think like the viewer or 
the viewers, they can't see us. The listeners right now like, don't <laughs> even know how big these tree collards are because I've seen them on Instagram and I'm a tall lady, <gasps> but they are huge. <laughs> they're big. And listen, the ones in our front yard, they're just, just now, this February, they're just a year old. That's incredible. I know. And they're going to last between five to 10 years. Yes. So our oldest that we have, that we started those from, they're five years old. And they're just now starting to show show signs of age. You see them there because they have trunks. Like they have like literal trunks. They're like a giant version of a traditional collard. And so they, they look like tree trunks. And so we trimmed some babies off of them and planted them in the front yard. And they're now over five feet tall. So they grow quickly. And they're, they're like the ultimate cut and come again green. The more you harvest them, the more they give you. And their leaves can be three feet long. They're, they're massive. (laughs) Oh, that is so crazy. One question I have for you. There's people who really like to know growing zones. I'm not one of them because I'm always confused about where growing zones are. But what growing zone are you in in Los Angeles? So we are 10A-ish is what I say, because we're in the valley. So we're right between giant mountains and we're in quite this little warm microclimate. So just 10 minutes away is a little bit cooler than where we are, you know, and well, 10 minutes south gets more rain than we do. We only get rain where we are, oof, maybe four times a year if we're lucky. So when we have the opportunity to collect rainwater, it's really, really important because it's a hot commodity. <laughs> if it doesn't come, it doesn't come easily here in zone 10A-ish. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I am the one who appreciates the ish at the end because <laughs> when I'm looking at a map, I'm always like, well, are we here or are we here? And all of them vary. Like there's a lot of different maps yeah. out there. <laughs> there are. And, and I found, you know, we used to live in Long Beach and it's about 35 minutes south of where we are. But the climate is night and day. And it's a solid 10B there. And it's very wet and it's very Mediterranean and very moist air. Powdery mildew is a big problem that I had growing any kind of nightshade plants in uh, Long Beach. But here, not a problem. The air is not moist. It's warm. Um, We get lots of air movement through this space. So I'm very grateful for that. Minus it's very dry. Right. For sure. I'm just sitting over here in envy as I look out at the snow at you right now. So (laughs) (laughs) you can help support the stories of women in agriculture to be shared through the Rural Woman podcast on Patreon. What is Patreon? It's a membership-based platform that helps fund and support creators like me to create and produce content like this that you all love. New to the Rural Woman Podcast Patreon is ad-free listening and patron-only bonus content and exclusive episodes. Learn more and join the patron gang today at patreon.com slash the Rural Woman Podcast. So Siri, we were chatting a little bit about where you're actually located in the Los Angeles area prior to recording. Tell the listeners about where you're located in Los Angeles. And you mentioned that it was important for you guys to have your 
urban farm in the front of your house. Yeah. Describe the landscape around you. Like, are you just like sticking out like a sore thumb there or what's what's going on? A little bit, (laughs) a little bit. So we live in a very urban area. It is Los Angeles here. We're off of a main drag. And I, I, I mean this in, in full transparency in one block span, you see a lot of what Los Angeles has to offer. And you see a lot of areas where we really need to serve our community better. And I feel very honored to live where we live because we have full access to be of service to our community. At the same time, we, we also, I mean, who doesn't need help? You know, who doesn't need support? And so it's nice because we are on a corner lot and it's a shared yard. So we're only utilizing a portion of the yard. I probably should measure so I know exactly our growth space, right? <laughs> but I'd say it's, it's probably like 700 square feet, maybe max. And it's planted in very, very tight. And so our growth space has full accessibility to our entire community. And though we're the only people utilizing our growth space for vegetable growing, this area in general used to be a part of the citrus boom of Los Angeles and Southern California. So there really aren't any yards that are without fruit trees or avocado. So there's lots of citrus around here. So we're very grateful for that because then we have opportunities to exchange our food with our neighbors and we have the availability to, since there's just the three of us and we are minimalists by a long stretch, our food waste never goes to waste because our compost bin gets full quickly with just the three of us. So we're able to give our scraps to our neighbors and their chickens because everybody's got chickens around here. And that's another part that's like a little unexpected in this little pocket of Los Angeles is there are a lot of people with chickens and there are a lot of people who care about the earth and tend to the earth in different ways outside of how we're doing it. So it's, it's just kind of nice to be where we are because we're just, we're really able to see what the need is and then adjust our offerings according to so. That is so great. And it just sounds like your community has welcomed you with open arms and for you guys to be able to share and trade and do all of these things as a community, I'm sure just lifts it up as a whole. It's really neat. I it, It's when the pandemic happened and started and sheltering in place just before then is when we decided that, you know what, let's grow where we are. Let's shift our plan slightly because we've been looking for land for years and planning for years, but we knew that there is an immediate need for our family personally and for our community. So we decided to grow out in this space. And what I didn't expect was the incredible support we'd have along the way, but also like (laughs) I've just met so many incredible humans that are just on their morning walks, reading books who stop and will just read their books and stare at our sunflowers. And they will spend 20 minutes there with their book under our sunflowers. And I'm a sensitive gal girl. So I'm happy to snot cry about someone happy about my sunflowers. Like that's something that's completely, (laughs) that's completely me. And so, (laughs) Okay, I have to stop you there because there's a saying here on the Rural Woman podcast, and it's 
I get a little misty and I'm currently misty now thinking of these people <laughs> reading their books under your sunflowers. <laughs> Girl, I get a little misty. <laughs> I do. I really do. So it's it's just, it's been really interesting to see how though the state of the world has has made it so we've needed to change our plan a bit, we're able to still connect and offer wellness in ways we completely didn't imagine and expect. And so that's like, I, I really couldn't ask for more. I really couldn't. That, that's really like, that's the good shit for me is, is just people enjoying nature and just enjoying the earth and moving peacefully about their day. Absolutely. So good. So looking back at your journey and starting your farm, have there been any challenges of where you're currently growing that you can share with us? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> it's all hard. So, <laughs> so I, I'll say this. I think when deciding where you would like to root, be it a farm or your home base or this is where I want to live so I can pursue this career. I think it's so important to remember to ask questions you don't think to ask because that's something I should have done when deciding to occupy this space was ask, ask some hard questions or even ask the property owners because we don't own this land. Ask the property owners, what don't I know that I should know? Because I think that probably would have saved us a lot <laughs> in, in our journey so far, because the hard parts are in the unknowns. I think that's like, that's my, my biggest thing is the hardest parts have been in the things we didn't know we didn't know. Right. Does well, that make I, sense? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think that's good overall life advice, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Not just for farming, but overall, great advice. <laughs> I'm going to stitch that one on a pillow. <laughs> yes, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever the other shirt was we were talking about a couple weeks ago, yes. that shirt. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Just for me I'm and ready. you, we're going to be twins. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> but yeah, so like that's, that, that's been a big challenge. I think also in this time of, I, I, I've taken the past year and I really scaled back on anything I, I, that energetically just did not feel good, right? And I think we have been very sheltered in place here. And as I am able to spend more time working with the land, I, I'm learning that it, it's constant. I'm, I'm constantly learning and things that were applicable last year in this exact same space, it's very different now because my soil is way different now than it was when I first rode in my rows. Like it's just not the same space. And so I'm, I'm navigating a lot. I still have peppers from last summer in the front and they're happy and they're going and they were started a year ago. And so I, what my plans were to put out there now, it's a wash because I, I really like to honor the plant's longevity. And if a plant is telling me, hey, girl, I'm here, I'm kicking it, I'm still providing, we're still jiving, then I will allow it that space. I let the plants tell me when it's time. And so that's been a challenge for me too, because I'm kind of, I'm itching and I'm, I've got the spring fever and I'm ready for the next season. But truthfully, we're not done with last summer. So <laughs> that, that's a challenge because of our space being so cozy. 
sometimes plans just don't go to plan. And so I'm learning to be, I suppose, like water and just willing to flow and move and let nature decide. I love that. And that is just the epitome of sustainability right there. And like you said, letting the plants do what they need to do or what they want to do and uh, being patient for them. I know patience is not uh, my strong suit, but. uh... (laughs) Me either. (laughs) Growing has taught me that undoubtedly. It's also that patience that I find working with the earth is completely translatable to my parenting, to my time with my spouse, to my interactions with other humans, because I can go back and say, whoa, 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 just chill, just chill, (laughs) just chill, and it'll work out. And plants are like, they're like the ultimate motivators, I swear. (laughs) I can totally agree. And I can tell you, like, once the snow hits, up until like when we're planting and seeding and there's green grass and all of the things, I feel like this ultimate lull. And, you know, once like New Year's Eve hits, it's like order the seed catalog the next day because I'm ready for it. Like I'm ready to be rejuvenated by the green and the smells and all of the things. (laughs) You are very lucky to have these plants with you all of the time. (laughs) I am so grateful. Like I said, 30 minutes south of us, it's very Mediterranean. And so it's, we're in a very lucky little pocket of decent enough land that we can, or decent enough soil, I should say, that we can amend it to get it right where we need it. And that was not something that we had when we lived in the Midwest. You know, like you, we had to really navigate around the elements. And this time of year, it was microgreens and staring out of the window. Like, <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> Welcome to my life, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girl, I feel you. I feel you. And so it's it's so interesting what we came up with. It's like, man, it's it's this weird scale of, yeah, we might have really great weather out here, but then it gets 117 degrees in the middle of the summer and our plants burn up and damn it. <laughs> you know? Or we can move to a cooler climate and look out of the window for six months and microgreens and then have a great six months. So it's like, there's no like best climate to grow, I guess. It's just figuring out where you can really ground and thrive and jive with the earth the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. KL Skin Naturals is an award-winning small batch body care company started by owner-operator Leah Edgar in 2013. KL has a wide variety of body care products all made by hand to ensure you only receive premium quality products. I have personally been a customer of KL Skin Naturals since 2017 and can tell you that their natural deodorant is the only one that I use. And fun fact, Mr. Wild Rose Farmer is also a KL deodorant user too. Available in 23 clean scents in sensitive, classic, and extra strength formula and their new eco-friendly packaging, KL has a deodorant to suit your needs. Try it out for yourself and use promo code WILDROSE10 to save 10% off your order at klskindeodorant.com. So your farm's mission is to sow the seeds of wellness through sustainability and self-care. Yeah. And Siri, self-care isn't really something that we think of 
when it comes to agriculture. I know not for me, and uh, I'm speaking for my husband and not for him either. So (laughs) (laughs) with that being said, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think that self-care is just put on the back burner so often? I think, and and I want to ask so I can be clear, do you mean in the agriculture community or society as a whole? We can do both. Let's do both. Okay. <laughs> if you have a thought on either or. Girl, I'm long-winded. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so within the growing community, I find it is this unbelievable cauldron of givers. And people who love to assist others thrive, right? And when we're constantly pouring for our, from our cups, and wanting to fill others up, sometimes we like inadvertently toss ourselves on the back burner. Like sometimes I'm like, I wonder when I showered last. (laughs) (laughs) It's a shower, but that's self-care. And so I think it's just, and I mean, this, this goes for society as a whole too, I suppose, but I think it's just, I don't know, my generation, I will be 40 in May. And I feel like my, my generation, my husband's generation We did not grow up with, I wasn't raised with community being at the forefront of anything. It was very much self-serving mentalities, you know, get get your degree because you have to get the good job because you have to be able to buy the big house and you have to be able to pay for this and go on the vacations and the college and this, this, and this. And none of that really resonated with me. I did that shit. I did it. I went to school. I worked a corporate job. You know, I did what I was told to do until I ultimately was like, that's not, that's not it. That's not me. That's not my mission. That's not anything to do with me. And I think self-care comes when we're able to recognize who we inherently are and what our desires are for our own beings, because There's this saying in the wellness community, especially in the yoga community right now, it's not about self-care, it's about community care. And I I am like, it's about both. (laughs) Wait, 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 guys, it's about both. Because I'm not able to care for my community if I'm shitty. If I have not cared for myself, if if I've not eaten, if I'm not well, if my emotional wellness is crap, then I don't have a lot to offer my community. And then if I do, it might be crap that I'm offering. And I don't want to perpetuate crap, that's for sure. So uh, the the short answer (laughs) out of all that is I really think when we're able to get in touch with what our nature is, our individual nature is as humans, we're able to look at self-care through a different lens. And I don't believe self-care for myself to be like a nail salon, like a nail day, a spa day or a shopping trip. That's actually quite draining for me. That's not, that's not really my zone, but self-care for me is spending time in meditation or a nature walk or gardening or making music or cooking or enjoying time reading with my son. There's so many different ways to refill our self cup. And so I think if we could just kind of dial back what that might mean we'd be able to see that we're tending to our self-care in ways that aren't publicized as self-care. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I was back here cheering for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy though, because like it's the same with meditation. Often I'll have friends, they'll book a wellness session with me and it's, you know, I've never meditated before. I don't know what to expect. I can't focus. And I think, what society misses often is there's so many different ways to meditate 
and how we interact with stillness. Though there's guidelines, there's guidelines all over the place in all wellness realms. The practice is still for you, you know? So I meditate a lot while I'm planting out seedlings or while I'm weeding. And sometimes my meditation is just giving thanks for the earth. Like I'll literally just pluck weeds and say thank you because I worked with the earth to bring that soil to the place that weeds thought that was the greatest place to grow. And I appreciate that. So I just, I really try to look at my wellness practice as an ongoing journey. And it starts when I wake up and I go to sleep and I just, it's just like a cyclical thing. It doesn't really stop. All, not all days are great days, but our mission of sowing seeds of wellness, it's just really to look at the things that ignite you and ignite your wellness and do more of that, as much of that as you can in your work, in, in your wellness practice, in your creativity, in your gift offerings. My husband, he works in solar energy. And he was telling me, he's like, man, I'm having a hard time with some things. And I, I reminded him to try to find the things that he's grateful for in his day instead. Because sometimes the, it's, it's about that, like, yay, the job is great. But sometimes what we have to absorb from it and gain from it has nothing to do with that. And he gets to have the most incredible rooftop views over cliffs of the ocean over wildlife, over all kinds of things that literally no one else gets to see because he's up on rooftops all day. And so he's now utilizing that time as his wellness. He recognizes that, yes, I'm working, but I still deserve to be well while I'm within this space. So how can I appreciate this while I'm within this space? And a large part of his job is taking photos of the solar installation. So he's got this huge catalog of gorgeous photos that he gets to have as a part of his wellness portfolio that he can revisit and remember those kind moments. So I think self-care is just, it's everywhere. It's always available. It's just us peeling back the things we've learned that no longer serve us to allow us to recognize those things as caring for ourselves. I'm Misty again, Siri. That was so good. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. Listen, I found my path to yoga after I had my son and I was so exhausted. Like I, I, I've never been more tired in my life. And he would go like 19 hour stretches, no sleep, happy to cry. Like I couldn't breastfeed enough. I was like, this guy is just like, he's in it to win it. He's awake and we just have to deal. He's still that way. He's still sleep is not his jam. And so I found my way to yoga because I just needed stillness mentally, but because I couldn't physically be still because I had a newborn, I thought, okay, well, this practice is going to be right up my alley then because it's all about clarity and finding your breath and acknowledging the, the, the physical part of yoga, I should say, and a, acknowledging your stillness. So I would strap him on in the baby carrier and we would practice yoga. And it was seven years later before I decided I wanted to teach and I wanted to be certified and help others and share it in that way. But it was only because of our farm mission and how important that lineage of wellness is for me that I realized, oh shit, this is good for everybody. Duh, this isn't just for me. <laughs> you know? And so, right. yeah. And so 
I just really want to be able to share yoga in a way that's accessible so anyone understands that the practice is for them, not just the physical, but the breath work and how you interact with your community is a huge part of yoga. And so that's, that's, that's our mission. Right. Well, and tell us more about that and tell us about the community offerings that you have through your farm, Creative Arts Farm. Once your cup is filled up, tell us how you are helping others do the same. Yes. And listen, that's important because I do close my calendar if I'm not feeling abundant because I do not believe in in that. I, I, I do think energetic exchanges are so important and I, I very much only will have availability when my cup <laughs> offers so. And I think that's important with all things we offer to our community, be it our food or our creativity, our time on social media, all of the above, nothing is owed to anyone. And so as we create these exchanges with our community, we're very aware of who's supporting us and we really take to heart what people are asking of us because we want to we want to be a circle. We want to be a tight-knit community, be it virtually or in person, worldwide, just here in Los Angeles. I think it's important when people are like, hey, 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 this is the kind of wellness I need. If you're able to find that offering within in your work, then do that shit. So <laughs> to answer your question, I offer one-on-one restorative yoga, and the objective of restorative yoga is complete ease and to create as little space between your physical body and the ground and really just restoring the body and resting into each asana, so each pose, to allow yourself complete rejuvenation. So unlike a traditional yoga class, we start with breath work, well, Every yoga class usually starts with breath work and meditation. So we start that way as well. However, we'll do a gentle seated flow and we use lots of props. We have bolsters, we have cushions, pillows, blankets, eye coverings, whatever makes you feel comfortable. That's part of this practice. So we offer one-on-one restorative yoga and breath work and also sound healing. So one of our music offerings is to include Tibetan singing bowls, tongue drums, various chimes, sometimes singing offerings through energetic sound wave healing. So um, sound healing is an ancient practice well-established within yogic philosophy as well. And I'm a lifelong instrumentalist and a singer, as I mentioned. And so this is another way to bring those tools together. And I found sound healing was a part of my personal wellness that I used to receive. I'd practice on my own and then also through various sound healers. And it took a long time before I I connected the dots that my music and my yoga path are kind of, they're the same. They kind of just kind of swam together side by side. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to share this with everybody. So we offer sound healing now as well. And um, outside of our, our um, yoga offerings, we also have garden consultations. So you can go to creativeartsfarm.com and we can chat about your garden work. We have a sustainable wood shop and we utilize reclaimed wood 
for garden trellises, raised elevated planters, just bee hotels, different size pollinator hotels. So overall, if you're familiar with the yoga path at all, or if you're not, I would suggest just looking up the eight-limbed yoga path so you can learn a bit more about yoga outside of your time on the mat and outside of the physical work because it's very much about community and how we engage with the earth and how we engage with plants and how we engage with animals. And we really found that our mission of sowing seeds of wellness, it encompasses that, not just for our community care, but for our familial health. Like when we break down our, our personal, our family dynamic, dynamic and what we need to be well, it, it's just our bodies need music, our bodies need movement, our bodies need nourishment. And those are things that are universal languages worldwide. There is not a place on this earth that has not connected with some form of music, even if it's just percussion. You know, it, it doesn't have to be melodic music, but those things are available to us everywhere. And we want to be sure that if we have the tools, then we can help each other work with them. Absolutely. And I like what you said. This is universal. It's not just meant for some people and not for others. This is everything that we need as human beings. And it doesn't matter if you're a grain farmer out in the middle of nowhere and are working your 20 hour days, you still need to take care of yourself because at the end of the day, if you're not well taken care of, I don't know how possibly you can continue to take care of the land or your animals or your family in a way to be proud of, if that makes sense. It does. Absolutely. I fully agree. So Siri, what is next for you? Girl, we're going to get some land, a big ass plot of land. <laughs> we, <laughs> that is the goal. We are very appreciative and love this space, but we're also aware that our, our community needs more than we have available right here. And we have the mission and the initiative and a lot of support to, to grow in that way. So we launched a GoFundMe campaign in support of our land purchase and startup costs to really bring our Creative Arts Farm mission to full scale. Our goal is to find a one-acre property and we'd love to stay here in Los Angeles. That, that is pretty key to our work, though we're willing to research other communities in need because we are surrounded. There, there is just unbelievable availability to help in Los Angeles. And I feel fortunate because here there are a lot of phenomenal advocates for wellness. And I'm not alone in this. And so I think that's one of the things that's very neat about where we live is the community of people who are aware that there is a need and the people who are, it's not a just, it's not just about Instagram and fancy pictures. It's people who are out stomping the pavement safely masked up or virtually making sure people are being fed right now. And so what's next for us is to produce as much as we can sustainably and grow with our community in a way that allows them to learn with us so they can take what they learn and they can heal their communities and their family. And we just really want to grow with everyone. I feel like often when we learn something in life, it has often been posed to me to covet information. I remember growing up and 
feeling very much like when you learn something, you hold that, don't tell anybody because somebody then, if they have that information, they might do it. And what if they do it better than you? Girl, let them. I am like, so not about that. If I have knowledge that will help someone else thrive, it's theirs for the taking. And what's meant to be for me will be for me, period, regardless of what someone else does. So I just really want to make sure if I have knowledge that will help someone's wellness, and can help them in their healing journey and help them thrive or help their community have their basic necessities met. I'm about that. So that's, that's what's next for us. That is so good. And honestly, having the mentality of community versus competition, I think is so important, not only in the wellness space, but I think in agriculture and beyond. And like when I think of agriculture as a whole, we're inherently community based. Mm-hmm. Like we are serving to grow food to feed people. 100%. Like to me, that's community. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's so good to make sure that the knowledge that you have is shared in a way that people understand and people are receiving. And I just think it's so good. And I cannot wait for you guys to find your forever farm or your bigger farm and just continue to expand this. Thank you. We're very, very excited and feel so grateful to everyone who's supporting us on this journey. Before we wrap up here, Siri, not only are you a vocalist, a musician, an urban grower, and a registered yoga teacher, but you're also a podcast host. Tell the listeners of the Real Woman podcast all about your amazing podcast. Oh, yes. So my podcast is called The Kind of Hippie Kind of Hood Podcast. And I talk about everything from yoga to music to family wellness to healing traumas to connecting with your friends, all of the above. It's, it's literally, it's just a zone where I like to invite co-hosts on to chat about our lives and our paths and our journeys and what's going on. And my two-year anniversary is coming up. So this March, I am having a big celebration. I invited, I'm not telling who, (laughs) but I invited my top three episode co-hosts from my last season to come back. And we're kicking off season four with a really, really cool gathering. And I can't wait to share it. The Kind of Hippie, Kind of Hood podcast is available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and you can also tune in via SiriLarice.com slash podcast. That is so exciting. I've been waiting for it. I've been sitting here thinking, when is she coming out with her podcast? I've been waiting for it. (laughs) And honestly, when I discovered your podcast, uh, just the name of it, I was like, this is me. Kind of hippie, kind of hood. (laughs) Minus the hood. I'm not very hood, if I'm being honest with you. I try, I think. But I'm I'm least hood of all things, right. but that tiny bit that's there, it means it. Right. We mean serious business with that. Yes. Oh, well, that's so good. I'm so happy that you're coming out with a brand new season and I can't wait. I'm stoked. Thank you for supporting that. For the listeners who would like to connect with you and support you, where can they find you online? Great. So social media at Siri Larice, it's S-I-R-I-L-O-R-E-C-E or at Creative Arts Farm and also SiriLarice.com or CreativeArtsFarm.com. That is perfect. Siri, my last question for you is what is the most rewarding part about being a farmer for you? Oh, I'm choked up. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm ready. I got a Kleenex box here. <laughs> if I can get it out, because your girl likes to cry. <laughs> it's the time I get to spend with my husband and my son, because we definitely are a stronger together family. And prior to the pandemic, I was performing full-time and my husband was also working full-time. And though he's still working full-time, my availability to be around has greatly increased. And so what this has done for us as it's, it's kind of framed this perfect picture of, ah, that's what all of this shit, all of this work has been for the past 10 years, the past five years, the past, time that we plan and work towards this. And so the absolute most rewarding part is the joy and the learning I get to experience with my husband and my son, because that is not at all how he and I grew up. And so the availability to spend time as a family unit, especially when you want to, because <laughs> that's key, wanting to spend the time with the people that you're spending the time with. And so I'm so grateful that they're the two humans I'm on this journey with. That is so good. That's the good shit, Siri. <laughs> That's the good shit. <laughs> oh, thank you again so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story. I so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producer, Sarah Reedner of Happiness by the Acre, and to my editor, Max Hofer. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can connect with me on social media using the handle at wildrosefarmer on all platforms. If you love the show, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, plus share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.